So yesterday we touched upon the concept of having two days of Purim, of Yudalad being the day of Purim for most of Klal Yisrael, and Yom Tesvah, the 15th day, is a day of Purim celebrating Yerushalayim or any city that was walled from the time of Yeshua Benon, even if the walls fell down at some point, as long as it was a walled city in the times of Yeshua Benon, then you would keep the 15th day of Adar as Purim. In addition to this, let's say you were in Shushan, if you knew exactly where Shushan was in, uh, in Iran, so in, in Shushan, you would also keep the 15th day of Adar as Purim. There's another way you could have more than one day of Purim, and this is this is in, found in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim, which is called a Purim Meshulash. You have a three-day Purim. How exactly would you have a three-day Purim? So the halacha is that if Purim falls out on Shabbos, if Yom Yudalad falls out on Shabbos, the halacha is you would have, have you would celebrate Purim on Friday. But because of this, when they set up the calendar, so... Chazal didn't want this to happen. So the calendar works out that the 14th day of Adar will never fall out on Shabbos. However, it could fall out on Friday. So Purim will fall out on Friday, but the Yom Tezvav, the 15th day, will end up being on Shabbos. So next time you have in America that Purim is Friday, you should know that in Yerushalayim there's something called Purim Mishulosh. So where does Purim Mishulosh come from? So basically... On Shabbos, we cannot lay in the Megillah. The Gemara tells us that, that there was a Takana, that if you'd be able to lay in the Megillah on Shabbos, someone would, would go carry Dalad Amos and be Oivernis Adaraisa of carrying on Shabbos. And therefore, there is a Gezerah not to read Megillah on Shabbos. Additionally, the Psukim, the psukim tell us that it's Yom Mishtav Simcha, and it sounds like there should be a day of Suda should be for Purim, and if someone would be celebrating Purim on Shabbos, the Suda would be regular Suda Shabbos. It wouldn't be a Suda of Purim. So therefore, we do not keep Purim on Shabbos. So what ends up happening is, so since let's say Yom Yudalad will fall on Shabbos before they we have we have a established calendar. So Allah is you read Megillah earlier. Why we don't delay the Parsimonisa? We are Makdimit. So the same thing applies when Purim falls out on Shabbos. When Yom Tezvav falls out on Shabbos in Yerushalayim, so they would actually read Megillah Yom Yudalad on the fourteenth day. You're allowed to read Purim, Megillah on the fourteenth day. They would read it on the fourteenth day a day earlier which is the same day that everyone else is reading it, that's when they would read Megillah. Halachically, they would also do Matanus Lev on the Friday. Shabbos itself, you can't lay in Megillah because there's an Isra de Rabbanon. Additionally, you're not going to give Matanus Lev and the Suda is not going to be a special Suda Shabbos. So therefore, Shabbos itself really do not keep any of the mitzvahs of Purim. However, they will lane the the Kriya of Purim, which is Vayavaya Malik, that is typically laned on Shabbos in Yerushalayim if Tezvah falls out on Shabbos. And Sunday, which ends up being Yom Tezayin, that's the day we celebrate Purim. That's the day everybody dresses up in costumes, and you'll give Mishlayach Manas, and you'll have Yesudah's Purim. But there's no laning of Megillah, and there you don't have the laning of, of Vayavaya Malik on Tezayin of Purim. So next time in Yerushalayim, when you have a Purim Shulosh, you'll be able to experience a three-day Purim, and it's very exciting. Okay, so just on the halacha that one should not lay in Megillah on Purim, that's a, a Isser de Rabbanon. There's also an Isser of handling the Megillah on Purim unless you, you need to, but typically we consider it moksa. Additionally, there's a discussion if you could prepare for after Purim. So we'll get into this when we discuss Hachashabbos. This is a discussion. Can a person bring their costume to shul? Can you bring your Megillah to shul? So if a person's not using it on Shabbos, the standard psak is that you should not be bringing your Megillah to shul uh, before Shabbos is over. But we will discuss this at length when we get into the halachas of Shabbos and what's considered um, being uh, preparing 
for Matzah Shabbos. What's considered preparing for after Shabbos? The discussion of bringing Yayin Lahavdala. Seems like we're Megal there, so we will discuss this then. Who's obligated in here in Megillah? So you have Anashim, men, Anashim, women, and even Ketanim. Ketanim that reach Chinuch, they are obligated in in reading the Megillah. So let's go one at a time. When it comes to men, men have an obligation of reading the Megillah. One could be Yoytza, their obligation by Shemei Kaina, by hearing someone else, Lane, you are Yoytza, you are Chiv. <clears throat> there is a concept of Vam Hadras Melech that a person should hear laning with, uh, with a minion. There's even a discussion, let's say a person is not going to have a minion. You only have eight people in town. So the Shulchan Aruch says a person should lane by himself. The whole concept of, of, of here, of being yoitzah with someone else is only because Baroiv Am Hadras Melech, and that's when you have a minion. If I don't have a minion anyways, I might as well lane myself. However, the standard psak is that we do not do this. First of all, most people don't know how to lane themselves. And second of all, there is an element of Baroi Am, even if you have seven people hearing the laning, as opposed to one person. Just by the way, you see clearly from here, it's very bedieved for a person to go to a, a ladies' reading where they're only going to have one or two men there. If a person's working until late at night and they, they have no choice, of course, you're supposed to, you have to hear Megillah, so you have no choice. But let's say some people, they want to just get it over with, they'll go to the 21 and a half minute uh, break speed Megillah reading, you know, someone's doing it in their own house, and it's really been the ever that's not what perm that's not what the the Kriyas Megillah. Kriyas Megillah is supposed to be Parsume Nisa. At least have a minion, at least have at least go to shul. So you could do it a little quick, you don't have to have an hour of laning, but just to try to get it over with would not be lechatchila. Uh, that is not the correct way to hear Megillah. What about uh, Ketanim, young children? So, halakhically, there only, there's only a chiv of chinuch when the child is going to be able to understand what he's doing. Let's say, when it comes to lulav, there's a certain age that he's able to take a lulav, he's able to shake a lulav. So, Megillah, the same thing would apply. When he's able to sit through an entire reading, at least know somewhat what's going on, maybe you should tell him the story of the Megillah beforehand, get him the picture book, so he could see, follow along the Megillah. There's a minute to bring even younger children to shul to experience the reading of Megillah. However, if they're going to be disturbing other people, so then don't be machmer and mahader on your child's chinuch at the expense of someone else being yoytz in the Megillah. So if, if a child is too young, so at home, put on the Purim story tape for them, and uh, they'll experience some type of Purim. But there'll be no Indian of bringing them to shul if they're going to disturb other people. It's a similar halacha we have regular davening, a person wants to bring their child to shul on Shabbos morning, or even during the week. So during the week, it's quicker. Mincha, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, okay. But on Shabbos, many children cannot sit for two hours. So if you're going to force your child to sit in shul and going to disturb other people, that would not be correct as well. So same thing should would apply by Megillah reading. A person has to know if your child's going to disturb other people, maybe it's better to just uh, leave him home and put on the uh, Megillah story CD or whatever, YouTube video for them, and they can experience the Megillah a different way. Okay, what about women? Are women obligated to Megillah? So yes, Nashim, Archive and Kriyas Megillah. The Gemara tells us, Afheim, Haya, Ba'is, They were also involved in the miracle. They were saved. So you have Machlikas and Rishonim when it comes to women's obligation. The Rashi and the Rambam say that's the same Chiyav as men. Same exact Chiyav. Men are Chayav Megillah. Women are Chayav Megillah. Megillah. The Bahag, and this is quoted by the Chayadim and many of the other Achorinim, say no, that women have a different obligation. Their obligation is just in Shmiya, just to hear the Megillah. They don't have an obligation to read the Megillah. Their obligation is just to hear the Megillah. And the Avni Nezer explains this, that the reason why women have to hear the Megillah is because that's Parsumenisa. Parsumenisa is that everyone should hear the Megillah. So their obligation is to hear the Megillah. A man's obligation is to be lefarsim hanes, to, to spread out, to, to uh, pierce him, 
to show the merit to, I'm sorry, I can't, can't find the word, but lefarsim anis, it means to be lefarsim, to show everyone that there's a miracle, and by reading the Megillah out loud. So the man's obligation is to read the Megillah. The woman's obligation is to hear the Megillah. That's how the Avinezer explains it. So based on this, you have a tremendous nafkamina halacha Can a woman lean? According to the Rashi and the Rambam, there's no difference. If a man can lean, a woman can lean a Megillah. According to the Bahag, no, women have no obligation to, to, to lean the Megillah. Their obligation is to hear the Megillah, and they shouldn't be reading the Megillah. So, halachically, we hold that they could lean the Megillah. What about leaning in public? So, the Magan Avram says they shouldn't do that. It should be, it's just like Kriya Satara. And by Kriya Satara, women don't lean. So, they shouldn't be mighty other people. And the same should apply to women laning for others, the Sharetzian quotes other Rishonim, the Karbanisanal as well, that women should not be mighty other women when it comes to Kriyas and Megillah. However, there is room, how luckily, to argue that women could lane for other women. I would never uh, recommend this publicly. This is not uh, typically found in our circles, but if a woman really wants to, or there is no other option. There's only a few women in town, and nobody knows how to lean. So a woman who went to went to a, a school where they, where they taught how to lean, so she should be the one to lean the Megillah and be might see other women. But it would be very weak, halakhali, to find the source that a man could be yotza with a lady. You'd have to go with, with the Rambam and Rashi and argue with the Magan of Ram and go against many Gemaras in order for a man to be might see with a woman's reading Megillah. And therefore, it's typically not found in uh, in our circles. Okay, just moving on to the next piece in the Chayadam, he gets into the halachas of, of Megillah, the halachas of reading Megillah. So Megillah is one of the is one of the uh, Sifrei Kodesh, and therefore there are halachas of how a Megillah should be written. It has to be on cloth, it has to be written with a certain type of ink, a certain type of cipher, the, the letters have to be apparent, you have to be able to see them, clear, tagim. There are many halachas involved in Kriyas in, uh, in writing a Megillah. And therefore, if you're a cipher, you should learn the halachas very well. But even if not, a person should know when, let's say you're, you're borrowing someone's Megillah, you came home late at night from work, and you want to read Megillah. So you buy a Purim party and say, oh, does anyone have a Megillah? And you start reading it. So if a person who owns the Megillah is a trustworthy person, and they, they know Hilchas of Stam, and they've reused, they use it all the time, so okay, you could trust it. However, if you if you don't have that element of trust, and you, and you you know, in a typical shul, you have a competent rav. He could see if the Megillah is kosher or not. But if you don't know the origin of this Megillah, you're just borrowing someone's Megillah. So very often you'll, you, you'll see that someone bought a cheap Megillah and it became puzzle after two months. Nobody ever realized. And you're, you're making brachas on the Megillah and pashtas, you're not yoitza, creates a Megillah with a puzzle Megillah. And therefore, just if one is borrowing someone's Megillah, just be careful. Make sure that the Megillah was written the correct way and it is still kosher. Okay.